0: From the Finley Toyota studio, it's Coalfield and Company.
1: Here we go, 5 o'clock hour, NHL board starting to fill up, end of the first, Carolina on top of the Islanders, one Uh 10 minutes in, Boston is taking a 1-0 lead on Florida. Again, 1-0, uh, 10-22 left in the first period there, and it's 25s. In the first period, end of the first, Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Golden State and Sac, that's a good game. You know who I'm rooting for. Go Sac Town. I know you're a longtime Golden State fan. Go Sac Town. So, yesterday, the Clippers were able to take out the Suns. Clippers without PG-13. Westbrook had really odd stat line, 3 of 19 from the floor, but then filled up every other stat and played good defense when it counted the most down the stretch and made a couple of big free throws. So, there was an incident in... The fan lounge. I don't know if you checked out any of these videos, but and maybe this is more commonplace than than, than I know, but there's a VIP fan lounge that has a tunnel right out to the floor at that Phoenix Arena. Well, the players can walk through that lounge using it as a shortcut.
2: I think a couple of different arenas have this. And um, by the way, I was I was in that not too long ago, so I kind of am familiar for for what UFC. Okay. Walking from the media room down to the arena floor. Okay. So you saw the lounge? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, as soon as I walked by, I started arguing with the fan. Yeah, you went right yeah, at him. I started yelling at him. Yeah.
1: So the, the telling of the story is not, hasn't been really great. The the best I can pick up here is that Westbrook going back out to the floor, using it as a, a shortcut at halftime, and a fan said something to him in the lounge. See, if you – you could look at this like, hey, someone was saying something to him in the crowd. He remembered the guy and was like looking for him, but that's not what happened. No. You know, like, hey, someone's yelling at him. Oh, I'm going to, you know, at halftime, he's like, I'm going to go get that guy. But that wasn't the case. Some guy decided to just say, what happened, bro? After the first half. And Westbrook said, watch your mouth. Watch your mo- uh, mouth, mother blanker. Who's in the wrong here?
2: It's tough to say I mean the guy was <laughs> sitting there with his kid by the way like in a oh I love like that in a normal he, dro- he chair. drops some
1: he drops a mother blanker, and the guy is sitting there with his kid and his kids like eh,
2: like turning around like yeah. NBA player yelling at his dad it's it's tough to say what was the first thing that pre- precipitated it what led to it um who what should be done like are you on equal ground if you're if if you're both in the lounge like okay like I'm supposed to be here and you're supposed to be here like what are you doing like I, I don't know.
1: I mean, if if an athlete is is uh, whatever with this autoplay <laughs> stuff in the background, if uh, if a player is walking by you and you choose something to you know you choose to say something to him, as if you're on equal footing or you think he's like some cartoon character, like it's another human being. Yeah. If you want to exacerbate and bust his chops, then would you do that at a bar? Maybe you would. Probably. And,
2: then the player gets to go. Watch your mouth. But I think there's a lot of people that want to say something in the hopes that somebody hits you. Maybe. Like there is that too.
1: I mean, the guy did stand up and he was—he wasn't tiny. He's probably five eleven, six foot. He was a fatty. He was kind of an average-looking doughboy. My,
2: my, my money's on Russ. Oh, I'm not saying. Unless he tries to shoot, who's going to win a fight? If he tries to shoot on him, he'll miss. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're going to get in a wrestling match. Just the, going full USA. A mixed wrestling basketball party. I mean, should anything happen to Westbrook for responding?
2: I don't think so. Not if the guy said it first. Should players, like he threw a
1: punch. should players be walking through? Be allowed access through the lounge? Well, that, not, how about that problem? How about anymore. that problem
2: right up front? They're not anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's they already. A, that's already ended. Okay. Yeah. No more cutting through. Isn't that sad that opposing
1: fans just can't sit there and be quiet? Well, I'm wondering and not and not say something to freaking
2: light a match. I'm wondering. I would love to see what their, you know, maybe what their contracts say, what the uh, ticketing agreement says. Because I thought part of the appeal of the lounge is that players walk through.
1: Yeah. Well, not anymore. Yeah. I guess
2: Big Mouth Suns fan had to say something. So I'm sure they have some language in there that it's not, you know, players aren't always going to walk through. But um, I kind of thought that was like part of the reason why people did that.
1: Yeah. Chris Haynes, who covers the NBA, said the likelihood of Westbrook being suspended, extremely, thim, uh, thim, slim, extremely slim, he's expected to be available for game two. So.
2: What's more likely, suspension or he shoots 50% from the field? suspension okay. <laughs> it's, it's close do you want to make a bet on this
1: i mean it's a good it's a good prop well i don't think we're not going to set it at 50 percent. how low how low do you have to go to take the under you're before I'm you like won't about, take the under for the
2: series or for one no, game? for this game this next no, game just for up. game two
1: i'll give you you get under 42 percent for the game
2: I wanted fifty. If you're doing it, not, uh, if you're, you're dropping the number, then it's then, weighted. I just said
1: what's more likely. I wasn't trying to make a well, bet. Well then then well I want to make a bet. It's weighted.
2: Well, then you take suspension. If I go over fifty no, if I I just want the fifty percent right, part, exactly. the field goal percentage. That's why I said is it more likely? I think the more likely thing is that he gets suspended. But over I don't think he's getting suspended. Over fifty percent plus four fifty. Come on, you know you're gonna win it. Okay it's an easy bet. It is. All right. Plus four fifty is nice. I'm just gonna go bet. I'm just gonna go bet him for under <laughs> under point total and I'll be fine. Ten bucks.
1: All right. Plus four fifty. I like it. No, I get I get plus four fifty. I'm going over. You're going under.
2: Use it. Okay. All right. You're mocking on him that he can't shoot. I'll take the over. Well, he might only shoot twice. Make make one.
1: You think that's gonna be the case after going three
2: or nineteen? might you might be shamed.
1: I what doubt it. You, what if he makes his first shot and gets hurt? They need his help. All right, one of the things that drives us nuts in basketball is the thought that block charge is 50-50. It's not. It's always. It's not, right? We know. It's it's 90-10 block. If there's a collision, even if the refs aren't watching,
2: they're just going to pick one.
1: And we've set up this culture where defense means stepping in front of someone and falling to the floor. Yes. Taking contact and falling to the floor.
2: So what happened to John Moran and what happened to Giannis? They both got hurt in game one. Uh, John Morant might be out for an extended period of time. Giannis was out for the rest of game one, may come back for game two. But they were both hurt in very similar fashion. They were both driving to the basket, went up to try to make a shot, and had a defender just kind of stand there in their way. And they fell over them and got hurt on the way down. Giannis the back, Morant the hand, which he was trying to break his fall. And immediately people just said, enough, enough, change the rules. Which, why did it take this? We've been saying this on the show for how long?
1: It's unnecessary contact. It's not really playing defense. And referees who fall for it and call it like it's 50-50 are ridiculous. Yeah. And now – now, I mean, you you can coach stuff like this. I don't know if you'd verbalize it like, hey, you know what, throw your body in front of him four or five times, guys, and maybe we get lucky and he falls the wrong way. And, you know, and then you you don't want to point to someone and be like, you're not great. So, when you're out there, you try to do that because – what? We'll I, sacrifice it. Well, between the two of you, we'll take uh, their guy being gone versus you.
2: Instead of instead of saying hurt him, I mean, I think the the way you say it is, look, it's more contact we can put him through. We can run him off screens when he's on defense, wear him down, hit him all over the place, and then on offense, make him take some contact as he goes to the rim. And some of the fouls might be on him. Maybe he gets called for two charges. He's out of the game early. Yep. Like, and if not, he's he's getting worn down. Now, I, I'm sure you're not saying. Maybe he falls wrong on his hand and breaks it. But it's more – look, it's more physical contact you have to go through, and I think it's absolutely part of what the what the plan is defensively.
1: Do we have any confidence that this isn't serious with Ja, that he's going to play through it? Do you think he was just embellishing with the it really, really hurts, like it's a 10 out of 10 pain? Sounds
2: pretty serious. I mean, it, it wasn't oh, like he got hurt yesterday. It, it was an – it already – he activated. already came in with an injury. Right. And aggravated it. It doesn't sound great. Now it so sounds like the X rays were negative, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's fine. So my Grizz bet plus one in game two, not good. So they can still they can still win without him. The series? Plus two fifteen. Hmm. I thought they played decently at times. They just ran into two guys that were just playing out of their mind. And who was it? Desmond Bain on Hachimura was like, Hey, let's see him do it again. The guy, the game of life, love of you know, of his life.
1: He's not going to do it again.
2: Well, they were coming after uh, the other broadcasters were coming after Van Gundy on the broadcast. I don't know how much you were you were paying attention to them, but uh, there was one possession where Hachimura had like, he was like four of seven or something, three, four of six at some point. And they're like, look, just keep making him shoot. Like, <laughs> like come on. And, and literally within 20 seconds, he hit another one. And they were all like, you keep saying he can't make it. He's like, look, I'll take that shot. If I'm the defense, I'll take that shot over and over again. Let him keep shooting it. Let him let him keep making it. And if that's why you lose, if you lose a series because Hachimura goes off on you five straight day, five straight games or six straight games, so be it. But it was almost right after he had said it. So you're saying bet plus two fifteen? I need action, man. I need action. You clearly do. Just bet some fir- first fives so you can get the baseball games over with tonight. I can't. I can't do first five. Well, the, i like then then you can roll over and bet in game after that that's not and? the
1: that's not what I'm talking about I don't need it's not, I don't need action every hour seems like you do no just because I asked what bets I should make and already made a bet with you that you didn't go through with all right NHL what what who can I bet hey. I'm kidding I'm kidding we had we had some numbers that were uh that were left over for the title from the uh jvT spot because we prep a little bit but I don't want to bet the cup. Those kind of futures. If I was going to do it, I would bet a super long shot. Like, mm. the peg. I mean, this is a ridiculous strategy, but just going against the Bruins in every series.
2: Well, you're not off to a good start.
1: No, it's it's <laughs> we're we're 13 minutes into the playoffs. Relax.
2: Right, but I mean they're already they're already ahead. So you already you already would have got if they win this game, which they are ahead in, then you're going to get an even better number. So you could have waited. Lightning twenty two to one. Okay, that's fair. Are you in? Uh, well, considering that I just had to publish my predictions for the Stanley Cup and I picked Toronto to win the East, probably not. That kind of hurts my cost. Probably not Dan.
1: That kind of that would sure, hurt I'm your cost as weird. well. Probably not making that bet. Coming up, let's get into um, another path of the draft. We're going to talk. So a guy who covers the Commanders, and really the story is uh, the draft. Could they get in on Lamar Jackson if this deal was done with new ownership? Maybe, but how long is it going to take for the deal to get done? And then I I wonder what Washington fans feel right now, because this is – I guess don't get overly excited before it gets across the finish line, but being rid of Dan Snyder in your life has got to feel pretty special.
0: ESPN Las Vegas is hooking you up. Tune in to Cofield and Company in the press box to win a pair of tickets to see Iggy Pop live at the Pearl at the Palms, April 29th. For more info or to purchase tickets, go to Ticketmaster.com.
1: A couple of Twitter updates from the break, as we're always looking for breaking stories. a uh, One with the transfer portal. We'll give you an update towards the end of the show. With both UNLV basketball and UNLV football, there's some news today. Also, some big Mountain West Conference news. This one, not the biggest note, but has there been a player in the Mountain West who transferred from one school to another school in conference?
2: Yeah, tomorrow, Baker, going from Fresno to New Mexico. Okay.
1: Interesting guy, because he wasn't the most consistent during the year. I know one of the games against UNLV had a good game. uh, Had shooting woes much of the season. I think they played Chicago State the game right before the Mountain West Conference tournament, and Fresno had a bad year, but he went for, like, 42 in that game. because He had, he had like, decent. 11 threes. He has gone from – I have to get this right. I'm going to screw it up. Uh, Arizona, Kentucky, Fresno, and now New Mexico. 6'5", wing guy, big, strong dude. So, good addition. Good addition. Um, social media can take you down paths where you read – a tweet or a post, and then you're like, oh. So, Jalen Hurts got his mega deal today from the Eagles. Five years, an extension, $255 million. Someone had tweeted out, just saw Jalen Hurts at the Black Horse Pike Wawa. Nice. He was filling up his Toyota Corolla with regular gas. Where is this going? Good for him. I asked him if he could afford premium now. This all sounds believable. Jalen Hurts, regular
2: guy, son of a coach. Did they post a picture and it looks nothing like him? That's usually how these stories turn out.
1: He gave me a little wink, a little nod, then doused me in gasoline and flicked a lit cigarette at me <laughs> okay. while walking away in slow motion. That's a pretty good move. Okay. I don't some the story I think became untrue at some point. I believe everything up to the flicking the cigarette. I never bought that he would be driving on the black horse pike, wherever that is. I assumed he goes to Wawa. I believe that part, yes. Of course. Every man, woman, and child. Loves the pretzels at Wawa, which no. you're anti-Wawa pretzels.
2: No, it's the, it's, it's the sandwiches, milkshakes, oddly enough, smoothies. A lot of great things there.
1: Are you saying that you're not officially on the VGK beat and you won't have a chance to go to the peg? Uh,
2: I'm not, no, I'm not really sad. You got your fill of that town? Yeah, I'm okay. You defended, though. I do. It, it actually, it was it was brought up again today. The 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 stark contrast between the two arenas. I was uh, sitting among some of the Winnipeg media people. Okay, just, you know, what they have to say. Uh, well, they were talking about how how much the Knights got affected by the whiteout last time. Which, man, and Nate Schmidt brought that up again today. I don't know how many people remember Game One last time. Winnipeg played the Knights in a series. It was that first year for the Knights when they made the final. That game one was an epic disaster. Why? When they went up to Winnipeg and just got ran out of the building in the first period. And that, that whiteout crowd just intimidated intimidated them so much uh, that they just had nothing. And H. Smith talked about it. He's like, man, He's, he said, it was one of those games where we came in, we played the first period, we came to the locker room, we were like, well, it's been a fun season. <laughs> that was fun. It's over now. Were you there? Remember, that was the game I had What's... to try to get from Nashville to Winnipeg in 36 oh, hours Jesus. and barely made it. What Didn't was your sleep. recollection
1: of being in the arena?
2: It was wildly intimidating. It was. That's really? what I about. It was you go in there. Everyone is in white. It was loud as hell. It was crazy. It was, it was nuts. And the, and the Knights just had no answers. And, yeah, Schmidt talked about that. He said, you know, that was, it was wild. He said, I, I remember that series for how we overcame everything, but literally after the first period of game one, We kind of had that conversation of, man, what a fun run this has been.
1: Mark Stone's from Winnipeg, right? Yeah. So he gets to go back home? Sure. Okay. And they're going to blend him in
2: with who? What line? Uh, He's going to be down on the Amadio line, which, uh, you know, I I don't think these lines are going to hold for very long. Right. Like, they're going to be mixing quite a bit to try to figure out uh, where to – you know, where, where the guys are going to best you know, slot back in, who's going to play well with who, uh, in combination with who's been working together really well for a while. Like, you don't want to break up all of your lines. You don't want to just say, like, well, Stone's going to go here, everybody else move down, everybody mix up. Like, you're trying to find the most consistency with the most likely to click going forward.
1: Bruce Cassidy today sounded happy, but he was also sending out a message of, like, let's calm down. We're glad to have Mark Stone back.
2: Is that the vibe you got? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I mean, uh, from you know following it like I I was at one practice and obviously everybody else over at the other one, but kind of following on Twitter and seeing what the uh, what they had to say and then watching the cli- clips that were coming out on social uh, from over at the other gym, uh, other building, uh, because the Knights were obviously practicing out in Summerlin at their facility. The Jets practiced at T-Mobile today, uh, so kind of all the way across town. Uh, but, yeah, that was, that was kind of the vibe. I mean, for sure, there's, there's so many things that he brings. Coming up, we'll get you uh, more information on the transfer portal. One of the biggest-named players in
1: the Mountain West Conference moved on and out of the conference, and uh, one of UNLV's quarterbacks, we thought this might happen, uh, he put his name into the portal.
0: Keep it locked on ESPN Las Vegas for your chance to win tickets to the Battle for Vegas charity softball game. Saturday, July 22nd at the LV Ballpark. Tickets available for purchase at battleforvegas.com.
1: All right, let's continue our path to the draft. And, you know, the big story around Washington, the draft is a big deal. But the change in ownership potentially is a massive story. Chris Russell. Does radio for the fan in DC. What's up, buddy?
0: Hello, Mr. Colfield. How are you guys?
1: man. Adam Hill is here. We haven't talked in a while. Hello, Adam. What's up, sir? How are you? How you doing? You sound especially chipper. Does it have something to do with Dan Snyder eventually going bye-bye as the owner?
0: Uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, yes. Uh, after 24 years of ruining a once proud franchise, I mean, to finally, you know, have we think? I mean, as long as this goes through and You know, there's still some consternation here about, you know, uh, about a rogue renegade proposal that was made sort of at the last second. But, you know, it looks like, uh, you know, some of the paperwork and whatever has been submitted to the league. And now we'll see, you know, the finance committee and the process and whatever. Listen, 24 years of ruination of a once proud franchise and, you know, really one of the most important markets in the entire National Football League, you know, If you guys remember, I mean, what the scenes used to be out of old RFK Stadium and John Riggins and Joe Theismann and Doug Williams then and Mark Rippon and the seat cushion game and and just how insane that environment used to be. And helping, you know, winning three Super Bowls and going to four, you know, in a decade plus obviously helps that. But to think of how far it has fallen over – you know, more than a 30-year period, but 24 years under Dan is just incredible to think of the, the 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 dumpster fire that it continues to be. Uh, quite honestly, even though it's gotten a little bit better over the last couple of years with Ron Rivera, it's still uh, largely because of the name and 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 all the things that Dan has done and all the controversies. It's still is pretty, you know, it's still smoldering uh, and it still stinks like trash like the old Arthur Kill If the uh, Cofield I know you remember that. Yes, yes.
1: Very much so. Stinky. Um okay, before we get to the potential new ownership group, what's this mm-hmm. rogue what's this rogue offer?
0: So, if you guys remember um Back in the Christian Laettner Duke University dominance days, there was a, a player named Brian Davis. Uh, he was, you know, uh, I think he started a bunch, but more like a swingman type role player. You know, he was a nice player. Uh, wound up being drafted in the second round by the Minnesota or by the Phoenix Suns. Wound up playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So he's a DC area businessman. And he's dealt with all these, like uh, you know, different kinds of nuclear—not nuclear energy, uh, like solar energy and whatever. So he's put together a, 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 according to multiple reports over the last month and just recently Friday night, a seven billion dollar all cash, all up front within a week of purchase offer to buy the Washington Commanders. The problem is, is he has been partners with Christian Leitner in the past. And he has had multiple, multiple, multiple business deals that have gone belly up, have not turned out to be true. And apparently he screwed uh, guys like Scottie Pippen, Sean Merriman, the former pass-rushing linebacker who was very vocal on Twitter over the weekend. He has screwed a number of friends, ex-athletes, partners, co-investors over in all of these business deals. And nobody quite knows how he's got the money, but they say multiple multiple reports say he's got the money and he's valued at like fifty billion dollars, which is hard to imagine. But here's the reason why it's important: I don't think this guy is going to ultimately get approved, uh, and, and changed the and, and 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 locked into an agreement with because there's too many question marks. But if if somehow he can show proof that he actually does legitimately have the money legitimately have the money and again it's a seven billion dollar cash offer i think the nfl might be tempted to look really hard into it the finance committee because they're disappointed that dan kind of shunned jeff bezos didn't even get to a point where bezos bid despite being very interested and right now is settling for a six point oh five billion dollar sale to Magic Johnson's group and <clears throat> Josh Harris, who is the current owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, New Jersey Devils, and minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers and a soccer team that nobody cares about. Um, so like the NFL is disappointed by that number because they felt that Bezos legitimately admitted that the number would be six point five plus, maybe even at seven billion. So who's to say that they won't take this offer seriously and try and push behind the scenes for it if it has any legitimacy. And that is the question at this point, despite multiple media reports that says it does have legitimacy.
1: Adam, do you hear the panic <laughs> in Chris's voice? Like, I can't do this anymore.
0: I mean, I, I mean here's the thing. I, I, if, if they go this route, you know, which again wouldn't surprise me, considering how dumb Dan Snyder and how dumb the NFL is. And, and I mean, I say that as kindly as I can. I, I think they're both absolute, just mind-boggling dopes. Um, in a lot of ways, I mean, I guess the NFL is a little less stupid than Dan, but you know, you get my point. Um, I, I like this would be the worst potential thing for the Commanders organization, because remember, guys, you know, like you have, you guys have brilliant, spanking new Allegiant Stadium. Uh, they got to build a new stadium around here. FedEx field is a dump and they haven't been able to get a stadium deal done. And yes, you would have the first black uh, majority owner or primary owner in the NFL. You'd have a businessman that has, you know, local roots, um, but he's got a lot of shady history um, in, in, in his business dealings. Quite honestly, he does. So, even if he somehow, somehow cracks the code and gets approved or gets in front of the finance committee, I think the NFL would be tempted. And then the question is, somehow if he gets approved, again, and that's a long shot, but I can't rule it out, what happens then? Can he build the stadium? Can he finance that on his own? Is this a house of cards that completely folds like all of his or most of his business dealings have done in the past? And, yeah, to be honest with you, I can't take it anymore because it's been – I've been here 14 years, uh, and it's been a horror show. And I worked for Dan Snyder for five years, and he treated me fine. Individually he treated me fine. But everyone else he treated – well, except for players that he liked, everyone else he treated like crap. And I, I, it's just a bad, bad, bad fit if they go down a controversial road.
2: But Chris, why does any of this matter when you've got the eight and one defenders?
0: <laughs> hey, be- better than what you guys had in Vegas, I guess, right? Um, yeah, man. How about this? You know, DJ Swearinger, if you guys remember him, he's back playing in the XFL. He had a pick six yesterday. Um, you know, they have you know uh, they have a couple of good receivers. They have a couple of good quarterbacks. Um, they can throw, they can run the ball, they run the ball way better than any other XFL team. And damn it, we got the beer snake. How about that? I mean, Audi Field, <laughs> if you guys haven't seen a game on TV, I don't know how it translates, you know as, as much on TV as it does in person. It's pretty good on TV, but it's not the same as in person, but that place is rocking and it gets rowdy. Uh, and it's very much a loud soccer, college football league, tight passionate environment and they got a home playoff game coming up in less than two weeks it's going to be really hard to beat them in their own home you know uh spot so i mean look they they chant, "Bleep dan snyder uh all sorts of dan snyder anti you know chants in the crowd because people just want a good football team oh and they want it in washington dc and
2: that's where the stadium is well that you you kind of answered there but i was i was kind of getting to that that crowd is rowdy it's awesome it's so fun to watch those games how much of that is just a protest I think it's some of it but to be honest with you I was you know I
0: when the when the first when the XFL 2.0 I guess came back a couple of years ago I was at a couple of those games and they were pretty rowdy there too that's where the beer snake was first invented that's where you know, the crowd was pretty loud and enthusiastic then. And there wasn't as much venom to get rid of Dan Snyder. Now there is, and, and there always was, but, but not as much. And now it's like, they almost smell blood. It's like sharks in the water, you know? And so I think that's part of it, but I also think it's the perfect environment. The team is good. They've only lost one game by one point, And that was to a previously winless team on a short week. So that helps. And again, You get a bunch of dudes drunk, testosterone gets flowing, and everybody has a good old time.
1: Chris Russell, our D.C. expert is in. By the way, I mis-ID'd your station, right? You guys have multiple stations. I apologize for that. Tell people when you're (laughs) on, where you're on.
0: It's it's okay. I mean, I still work for 106.7, but mostly on Team 980, uh, which... uh, you know, uh, is uh, a long-time venerable sports radio station, first one in the market. John Thompson, you know, the late great John Thompson used to hold down the chair that I'm holding down now. Midday's one to four uh, is where they have me. Uh, so yeah, I still do a bunch of that and some CBS Sports Radio as well. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty cool
1: deal. So while all the stuff is going on with Snyder and it, you know it's going to work itself out eventually, hopefully sooner than later, let's get to the draft because you got. Is an important draft for the commanders as they try to yep. build things back. You've got 16, 47, 97, 118. What's the target at 16?
0: Well, so, Steve, I, I, I said, and I've said all along, primary two targets are, are left tackle for me and cornerback. And, and the question for me comes at number three on that list, is it a pass-rushing defensive end because they are down on Chase Young? and Montez Sweat is going into the final year of his deal, or is it a running back like Bijan Robinson? And I talked about this earlier today, and I know obviously you guys do a lot of, you know, uh, handicapping and sport talk and, and you know, related around odds. FanDuel, just for argument's sake, had Bijan Robinson number two off the board last week to the commanders. And at first when I saw that, I was like, wow, you know, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, they have – you know Brian Robinson, who had a nice rookie year after being shot twice. Uh, they have Antonio Gibson, but Antonio Gibson is going into the final year of his deal. They don't love him. Uh, they don't love his running style, and he's got a fumbling issue. So the question becomes: Is could they draft a Bijan Robinson as that as that surprise pick if they have a top ten, top eight pick? If you are a great on him, which most teams do, and I say yes. Yes, they could. With Eric Bieniemy as their new offensive coordinator, and him being a former running backs coach and a former NFL running back, yes, I could absolutely see them doing that. More likely, again, left tackle uh, and/or corner. Um, I, I suppose I can't rule out a tight end, but I would go left. I would go left tackle, corner, and then number three would be a close one for me. If Bijan Robinson is there, then I would consider that. If Bijan Robinson is gone, I would obviously not consider it. And I would say again, defensive end, because I think Chase Young is in. Uh, I, not not I think I know Chase Young's future is very much in doubt here in Washington because of a, a variety of reasons.
2: Is he available if teams are calling?
0: Oh yeah, I I I think he is. Um, he's going. So I don't think they're going to exercise the fifth year option, which they have to make that decision by May second. Uh, I've never thought that they were going to do that. Some people are shocked by that. Now, the Jeff Okuda deal last week, um, you know, as I'm sure you guys followed, uh, number three overall pick, one pick behind Chase Young. Got a fifth-round pick. Now, Chase has played a little bit more than Okuda, and he's played a little bit better. So what are we looking at? Maybe a fourth-round pick? I, I think he could possibly be ad for that number. I think, they're, I think they have that much skepticism and doubt, and it's not just the injury uh, that he took forever to come back from, 14-plus months to come back from. It's a lot of the maturity issues and some of the work ethic and I guess I I would say selfishness, if you will, that he has exhibited in a lot of different ways behind the scenes and even publicly to some degree, uh, even after an outstanding rookie year. And I think, you know, I think Ron Rivera is – very disappointed, quite honestly, by the personality and the character of a Chase Young. So, yeah, I think he's available.
2: Chris, we've been debating a lot uh, the top corner in the draft. I think it's Devin Witherspoon. A lot of people think it's Christian Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the commanders may have their choice of the third best cornerback in the draft. Who do you get the sense that they think it is? Is Is it is it Cam Smith? Is it Joey Porter Jr.? Or the local kid, Deontay Banks? Who, who's the Who's the most likely guy that they have number three on their board?
0: I think it would be Deontay Banks from Maryland. Um, You know, now, look, I've heard a lot of scuttlebutt about Joey Porter, but here's the problem with Joey Porter. He's more of a man-press corner out of Penn State, and they play mostly zone, as most teams do anyway, and they just tried to convert William Jackson III, who was a man-press corner and pretty successful in Cincinnati. They paid him a boatload of money. They tried to convert him to a zone-match scheme that they use, which looks a lot like man, but really a zone. And it did not work. Now, maybe he was too set in his ways, what have you. I don't know if that's worth the risk again. I don't know if that's worth the risk to do that. In my opinion, it's not. And maybe you can get away with it a little bit better than it didn't work for William Jackson Third because he's a rookie, Joey Porter. But I would probably, probably tend to lean towards you know, uh, Deontay Banks from Maryland, again, just because he's a little bit more of a scheme fit, uh, if you will. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't obviously do different things with him. Of course they can. It just seems like a more, I guess, natural fit for me on the surface without going too crazy into schematics and not being a coach, obviously. Um, and, and part of that is, you know, look, corner is is interesting we all know it's a passing league, right? Um, and, and, of course, the Eagles loaded up at wide receiver with A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith. The Giants are sort of loading up to help out Daniel Jones, and the Cowboys have some decent weapons. So you certainly make the argument there. I still contend left tackle is a bigger need. Uh, you've got a rookie quarterback in Sam Howell. Their current left tackle, Charles Leonard, didn't play great down the stretch last year. Uh, and, and, and he's probably on the final year of his uh, time here in Washington, so to me they need to get that guy in over the corner, but I would certainly understand the corner uh, because it's a passing league and because Kendall Fuller going into the last year.
1: Chris Russell is with us. I think he's still there. It sounds like he cut out. Is Crystal with us? Uh, I am. Yeah. You guys got me? Yep, yep. Uh, let's close out with this. we got two minutes left here, Chris. Chris, yep. of course, from the Team 980 in D.C. Let's go back to the beginning of the conversation. New ownership. If... Yep. Josh Harris were to get this done. How quickly could it get done? Could it be finished before the franchise tag deadline for Lamar Jackson? Could this guy come in and go, you know what? Let's just go get a franchise quarterback. I need to make a splash. I want Lamar Jackson. Uh, Yes, it can get done.
0: They're shooting. They're hoping for it to get done by May 22nd at the league meetings in Minneapolis. Do I see Josh Harris doing that? No, I don't. But could it happen? Yeah, absolutely. Because the Ravens seem stuck in their uh, ways and they, and in their mindset. I don't blame them one bit. And Lamar seems very much like he's drawing a line in the sand, regardless of Odell Beckham, which everybody thought was you know automatically. Oh, Lamar's coming back. Well, you know, Jalen hurts deal today doesn't help Lamar Jackson's argument, in my opinion, getting more than Deshaun Watson. So. I don't see that situation being resolved. I I didn't think before Odell Beckham signed that Lamar was going to sign his tender anytime soon, maybe until like mid-August, somewhere in that range. Maybe it's a little earlier now. But, yeah, I could see a trade, but they don't have the salary cap room, and Harris's track record doesn't seem to be one to make big, splashy moves like that, at least on the surface.
1: Chris, good information as always. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Always good to be on. There he is. Formerly of Las Vegas, was out here with us at a uh, Sports Fan Radio Network. Passionate dude has had to talk Snyder, had to work for him for years and years and years. And I see like uh, you know people in DC are like, "All right, enough about Snyder. What else is he going to talk about?" It's it's a, this negative shadow over the frigging organization for more than two decades now. It's terrible. By the way, his mention of Sean Merriman and Brian Davis. Brian Davis again, you know, Duke player, and um, he's got an interesting background. But yeah, Sean Merriman tweeted over the weekend, "B.S." Brian Davis doesn't have the funds. He tried to get me for three mil, took his ass to court, and won four mil.
0: Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to LVSportsNetwork.com and go to podcast to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any
1: place. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So a busy day in the transfer portal around uh, the Mountain West. Uh, one, UNLV football loses one of its quarterbacks, we think. Nothing's really official until guys make the decision. But Harrison Bailey, much publicized transfer in from Tennessee. Last year, it didn't work out. Uh, I think you could see in the spring showcase that they were working towards Jaden Maiava taking the number two job. He got a lot of reps. And there's more upside. Bailey tried, but he just – whether it was a Royals offense last year that was hard to understand or I, – I didn't think he looked especially quick in the spring showcase either with a different offense. So, he just seems to be a tick behind, and I'm not sure what the right landing spot is. I'm sure he'll land somewhere. He can be a backup somewhere. But he probably wasn't going to be in, going to be in the plans to be the number two behind Brumfield for the Rebels. So, he's in. And I think by the numbers, they probably <laughs> they, they probably could use help on the roster by having 10 or 12 players go into the portal, because I also think they're going to pull, like, another six out of the portal. So that's one of the first steps. And the other weird one today was uh, – or actually was on Saturday. Gary Quarles, who they brought in as a running back from Alabama A&M, a 5'6", 175-pound dude, had a leg injury in spring. So I maybe he got out there late, but I, I didn't see him practice all spring. And then on Saturday he's like, oh, I'm back in the portal. <laughs> so we'll see where he lands. But Bailey's a big story because a lot of people thought, yeah. hey, he's going to be the starter. Look, he's, you know, he's a
2: former four-star recruit. He was at Tennessee. He seems like the kind of guy that's going to land somewhere and be a Heisman finalist this year. Huh. That's, that's just how it feels, how this program has gone, not, not just football, how the school has kind of gone the last last few years. Like people just go elsewhere and thrive, and um, it just didn't work. You're right. I mean, it's, his arm talent is unquestionable. You watched it. I mean, every time I saw him throw, I'm like, he has so much more arm talent than anybody else that's been here in a long time. And it just wasn't put together.
1: But I just think it's always a little bit slow, recognition of what's going on on yeah. the field. Yeah,
2: it's more than just being able to throw the ball.
1: And he, for people out there who are like, he didn't get a fair chance, he did when Doug Brumfield was down. He got the play, and he was okay at Notre Dame. Okay. Sure. Sure. But, he, again, he he got a lot of yards on the ground because of plays breaking down because he couldn't – the timing was off, so then he just had to take off and scramble and kind of gutted out some runs.
2: Was it the Reno game, too, where he played, he, he played great? You just watch him throw, you're like, wow, this is what is saw. He can deliver some big passes, but
1: it wasn't going to work out here, so he's uh, now into the portal. Stick your
0: hand in there, Dave. Coming
1: out of the portal around the conference, we mentioned Jamal Baker, went from – state in conference, went from Fresno to New Mexico. Steven Ashworth, who was a top-ten player in the conference, when all that stuff happened with their head coach moving on, Ryan Odom, to VCU, their three best players went into the portal and I thought Danny Sprinkle would come in and get them all, get them all back, but apparently Ashworth really wanted to shop his wares and he he got a bunch of good offers and lands at Creighton. So, and I was telling you a couple weeks ago, the teams that potentially were going to be really active in the portal, Creighton was going to be one of them because they have the resources. They've shown that over the years for NIL deals. I mentioned Florida, by the way, Florida just got another player today, so I got them at one twenty five to one. This is all hedging for next year. It's and it's not a lot of money. Uh, but Creighton, I think I got him at forty to one or thirty to one to win the national title. So interesting move from Utah State. But I you know, I don't blame kids in the Mountain West Conference when every year you have to freaking sweat it out until the last G damn day yeah. to make the tournament. You go other places and you know, you have a, a solid season and you're getting in the tournament. Creighton's already in. And it's not a guarantee, but remember, they were they were terrible. They lost to a lot of good teams. But yeah. they had lost like six or seven in the middle of the season. It's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to Creighton? They're screwed.
2: Man, they weren't screwed. They made it. Yeah. And then they made a run in the tournament. Yeah, they're a solid program, solid team, and I expect even more as they continue to be able to bring more guys in. I wanted to pull up – let me see if I can find this. I wanted to pull up the
1: – when you look at what's the, what the Mountain West Conference has had – in the portal so far. And this is kind of the way the system works for now, right? The power five. And if you want to consider a power six with the big East, they look around and get transfers across from other power five schools. And then they pull from beneath, right? Players who get pushed out, don't get playing time early in power five will transfer down to places like the mountain West conference. So look how it's played out so far. Air force, Lost Jake Hybrider, their uh, two-guard, to Clemson. Wyoming lost Jeremiah Odom to DePaul. Wyoming lost Noah Reynolds to Wisconsin. Anthony Holland, this one surprised me because he's basically a bench guy. Good intangibles, but he went from Fresno to Washington. Uh, right now, I don't know if you saw this, the update on Keyshawn Johnson, their uh, power forward at San Diego State, is actually in the portal which is kind of weird. I didn't expect him to leave. I knew he was going to test NBA draft waters, but Gray Mike is still in. There was some bad information a couple weeks ago on him. Um, Will Baker decided to go to LSU. Keyshawn Gilbert, close to home, decided to go to Iowa State, and John Tanji to Missouri. When you look at that, it's like disaster for the Mountain West Conference. That is, th- Those are really good players to lose, along with the guys whose eligibility has expired. That's, that's not a great offseason, but the thing to remember is there's still 1,400 players in the portal. And that's how a lot of the Mountain West teams are going to rebuild. Fresno's broad already nabbed about three or four guys out of the portal, and obviously UNLV is looking to do the same.
2: Yeah, it's not just Mountain West. I mean, I think a lot of people, when we talk about the Mountain West and the portal, are like, "Wow, this this conference is really, you know, both ways. It's, it's going up, going down. This is crazy." Well, it's it's all over college basketball. It's just it's the reality of what it is. That's how you build your roster, and you're going to lose guys, and you're going to gain guys, and the teams that are able to best utilize it are going to be the ones that are in the best position to try to compete. Stick your hand in there, Dave. If you're the Rangers, how do you – well, I'm just going to go
1: back to when they gave out the deal with Jacob DeGrom. They gave him a five-year $185 million deal based on his history, which is really game by game. If he's going to be available or go down for four weeks. Yeah,
2: and lost him tonight. What happened today? Uh, Had a pr- no-hitter through four innings. Everything was going great. Left wrist soreness, he's out. And who knows what that could mean. <laughs> Arm injuries never good. I just – going on a limb there. Arm injuries as a pitcher, not good. As a pitcher who's missed time and time and time again, really not good. I don't know how you build a franchise, but that's your big splash.
1: Yeah, you know what is good? Real guy's quick, guys all the time.
2: Real quick, something to follow for everybody out there. Joel Embiid yeah. um, has 15 rebounds in the first half. Oh, nice! It's pretty good.
1: So, can I go back and watch this Love Is
2: Blind reunion that was supposed to be live? Uh, you and
1: they posted it, finally. What happened to the live broadcast
2: of it? Uh, it just was a total disaster. Everybody's waiting. It kept holding oh, pattern. No. Didn't work. People are freaking out. Hulu was taking shots at them on Twitter. It was great.